Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in Almighty God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I welcome you back and I'm so very thankful uh, that we are in the midst of recording this third season of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network. And today we are recording episode five. And the theme, the uh, headline, if you will, of this season is Weathering the Storm When. We have discussed Weathering the Storm When Tragedy Strikes. And we have talked about uh, Weathering the Storm When You Lose a Loved One. Weathering the Storm When You Feel Like All Hope is Lost. In our last episode, Weathering the Storm When the Rain Keeps Falling. This episode today is entitled Weathering the Storm When Nothing Seems to Be Working. Before we dive into that, I do want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and to check out our website, scatteredabroad.org. If you have a comment, a question, anything that you would like to share with us, please email us at the scatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Also, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook and check out our Instagram page. And we would love, again, to, to hear from you, get some feedback from you. But we certainly appreciate you listening and all the prayers on behalf of of the Scattered Abroad Network. Uh, thank you so much for everything. And it is a true honor, a true blessing to be a part of this network, part of this work. And I'm thankful uh, for the opportunity to record this podcast. As I mentioned in previous episodes, this season uh, means a lot to me. And I'm just grateful that you are out there listening. And I do hope and pray that this season will be uh, mean a lot to you and be helpful uh, primarily in helping you weather the storms of life by looking unto God and gaining strength from His Word. Weathering the storm when nothing seems to be working. You know, when you look to the world today, there are all kinds of different avenues and outlets for those who are struggling. People will go to great lengths to find just a moment of relief. When nothing seems to be working, people will go to places that normally they would never go. And, you know, sin operates in such a way where it takes you where you don't want to go and it keeps you there longer than you want to stay. The world is, is with standing there with open arms, welcoming all those who want to turn to it for comfort and guidance. People turn to drugs and alcohol, uh, pornography, and all kinds of different sinful things to try to fill that void, if you will. When the storm is just raging, instead of turning to God, instead of turning to that which is holy and just and pure and right, many turn to the world because that's easier, because it's available, because you can do it in just a, a few moments of time and, and feel that sense of relief. But what I want us to think about today is the importance of staying true to God and staying faithful to God and staying on track. Because even though it may seem like some, it's not working, when you're living a, a godly life and you're walking in the light, that will work. And that will be fruitful. That will be worth it. And so when nothing seems to be working, remember that God is always working behind the scenes. When we think about the world and we think about 
what the world offers. There are several passages that come to mind. The first one that comes to my mind is, is 1 John chapter 2, 15-17. John, of course, was the apostle whom Jesus loved, and by inspiration he says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And then he says, Why? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, these things are of the world, and these things are going to pass away. But he who does the will of the Father abides forever. There we see a huge contrast, don't we? First, he says, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. He said the things that are in the world are corruptible, they're evil. And he says there's a, a three-way uh, origin, if you will, for sin. Here, here's how it comes about. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Take that formula and go back to the Garden of Eden and see if that's not exactly what happened. You know, Eve saw the fruit, that it was pleasant to the eyes and able to make one wise, and so she took of it and she ate it. She gave in to all three of those avenues. Well, today, Satan, through his influence, he works that way as well. The lust of the flesh, it's all around us. The lust of the eyes, it's all around us. Pride of life, making your making your name great and, and moving up in the ranks in the corporate world and things of that nature. Satan is good at what he does. And again, through those three avenues, we see so many fall into temptation. There's a great example uh, of, in Hebrews chapter 11 of Moses. And it's a very impressive statement. Hebrews 11 and verse 25, that Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin that are only for a moment. It says that he forsook Egypt because he understood that there were greater riches in Christ than all the treasures of Egypt. What a great mentality. What a great focus. Sometimes it's hard to, to think about it that way. But Jesus says, let, don't lay it up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew six nineteen through 21 Paul says, if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, not on things of this earth. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. See, sometimes we're so short-sighted, and we just try to find something, that a quick fix for our problems. But what we realize if we do that is the world can only offer that which is temporary and passing. Like Moses, he understood they were the passing pleasures of sin. So sin can be very pleasurable, and it has that appeal. But it only lasts for a moment. And as I mentioned earlier, you've got to have more and more and more of it, but you'll never be fully satisfied. That's how sin operates. And so how do we weather the storm when nothing seems to be working? We know from Scripture, don't turn to the world. Don't go to the world because that's not going to fix it. That's not going to fix your problem. You may think it does, and that's what the world wants you to think is, oh yeah, come and, and have a drink. Drink your pain away. Drink your worries away. They don't tell you about the drunk driver who kills someone. They don't tell you about the family that's destroyed because of that. 
You see, there are so many things that, that pull us away. And if we're not careful, in a moment of, of tragedy, in a moment where we're in the storm, we may turn to sin and try to justify it in our own minds and think, well, I've just got to do this. It's, it's going to help me get through this. Again, if you're listening today, and maybe that's where you are, maybe you find yourself turning to sin because you're just trying to cope with what's going on, I hope and pray that this will, this will reach you, that you won't turn to the world, that you'll turn to God. I want us to think about, with our time remaining, the example of Solomon. Solomon, of course, was the son of David. He would be king in Jerusalem. And before the divided kingdom, Solomon enjoyed many years of success. Solomon, of course, followed in the foots of, of his father David in many ways, but in many ways he failed to do so. Solomon, on one occasion, approached the throne of God and asked for wisdom. God gave to Solomon wisdom from above, James 3. You know, we find in James 1, 5, If any man like wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraid not, and it shall be given him. Well, on this occasion, God gave Solomon that wisdom. Here's the wisest man in the world. Second to only Jesus. Solomon was the richest man in the world. When you look back to him as a king and you think about all the gold and the silver that he had and, and the people would come from all over to see his wealth, here's a man who had power. Here's a man who, who had everything that, from a worldly standpoint, a man could possibly want. But when you read the book of Ecclesiastes, you find that Solomon knew what it felt like to try and weather the storm when nothing seemed to be working. He is a perfect candidate to fill that. He's a perfect one to interview, if you will, for this episode. So let's bring Solomon into this podcast, if you will, and picture Solomon sitting here with me at this, at this table. And if we were to interview Solomon, say, Solomon, I want to ask you, was it worth it? You, you had all these wonderful riches. You had all these things. Was it worth it? When you tried to, to navigate through life and you went to all these different outlets, did it work for you? And if not, what's really the secret here? What, what really matters in the final analysis? Again, when you go to the book of Ecclesiastes, you are reading the inspired diary of Solomon. You are opening up to the words of the wisest man who ever lived, again, second only to Jesus. And you remember what Solomon says over and over and over again in that book? Vanity, vanity. All is vanity, says the preacher. The word vanity means empty. You think about what he's saying then. It's all empty. It's all worthless. It's pointless. He, t he goes on and he talks about the riches that he had, the power that he had, even the women that he had, hundreds of wives that Solomon had. 
He says, there's nothing new under the sun. He said, I have all these things, but what's that really matter? You know, when I'm dead and gone, somebody else is going to take that field. Somebody else is going to live in, in this palace. Somebody else is going to be here taking advantage of these things, and I'm going to be gone, and, I, and it won't matter. I'm not going to be worried about it then. You read through the book of Ecclesiastes, again, an inspired diary of Solomon, and all of these statements make us wonder, Solomon, how could that be true? <laughs> Did these things not work to, to satisfy you? Were you not able to weather the storms of life with all the things that you had? How were you not able to get through it? How did those things not work? I'm reminded of a story I heard when I was in preaching school when Elvis Presley was interviewed. And I was privileged to go to Graceland my freshman year at Fried Harmon. My roommate and I, Dustin Spate, he, he lived there close to Memphis. And so one weekend, we just decided, hey, let's, let's go to Graceland. And we went. And it was an incredible uh, experience for me. They would give you a, a headset, and you could walk through Graceland. You could walk through the house. You could walk through you know, the, the living room and the dining area. You could even go to the pool table, and they had an audio of Elvis and some other famous musicians and, and actors and people uh, in there playing pool together. Pretty neat. Uh, being able to see all of his records on the wall, being able to see all of his cars, and just a beautiful house, beautiful land. And on one occasion, he was interviewed. And in between sets, in between maybe a, a commercial break or, or something that was going on with them, they took a break. And when he talked to Elvis, Elvis looked at him and said, I'm the most miserable man in the world. And the interviewer, was, he said, come on. You're the most miserable man in the world? How? You have... All of these women falling at your feet. You're one of the most famous rock, you know, musicians in the world. You, all of these records, all this money, all these cars. What do you mean you're the most miserable man in the world? See, Elvis, long before him, was this man named Solomon, who had far greater riches than Elvis even had. But see, when, when hard times came, where did they turn? They turned to drugs. Turned to alcohol. Turned to sin. That's what Elvis did, and, and you think about the impact it had on his life and the lives of those around him. Solomon went through all these things. He knew the danger of alcohol. You read the book of Proverbs and you see what he says about that. He said, don't even look at it when it's stirring in the cup. Don't even look at it when it sparkles. He said, it bites like a viper. It'll make you feel like you, you've gotten, you got hit, you got knocked down. You wake up and you say, I don't remember that. Didn't feel it. He, he goes into detail about what it's like to be in a drunken stupor and to wake up the next day and, and to have that pain and regret. But then that proverb close says, yet yeah, I will seek it again. You hear someone say, oh, I'm, I'm never drinking again after that. Next weekend, ready to go. You see, that's an example of turning to the world. And if we're not careful, we'll give place to the devil. And when nothing seems to be working, we'll go to the world. We'll try to use that as an outlet. 
But let's hold on. Let's, let's continue to think about what Solomon says. As you navigate through this book, he talks about the fact that there's a time. There's a season and time for everything. There's a time for war. There's a time for peace. A time for, for laughing and dancing. A time for mourning. A time for joy. A time for sorrow. He walks through this and he's, he's basically saying, listen, life has ups and downs. And the only way you can get through that is by placing your trust in God. That's what he's leading everyone up to as they read through this inspired diary. He says, there's nothing new under the sun. All these things are just going to keep happening. None of these things really, in the final analysis, that don't really matter. Think about Ecclesiastes 12.1. You remember your Creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come. Before you're old and you look back and you say, wow, I wasted those years. I turned to the world when I shouldn't have. All of these statements that he makes, and really the whole book, comes up to one passage. Ecclesiastes 12.13. Solomon says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. How do I find peace, comfort, guidance, direction? How do I weather the storms of life when nothing seems to be working? Here's the answer. Here's the antidote. Fear God. Keep His commandments. For this is the whole of man. Some translations will add the word duty there. This is the whole duty of man. In other words, this is the whole purpose. Our purpose is to fear God and keep His commandments. When nothing seems to be working, if you are fearing God and keeping His commandments, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. That's what's going to help you get through the storm. These things that the world offers, it's not really going to help. And so Solomon teaches us, we have this example that all these things that you turn to, it's not really going to help. Just stay true to God. We all know what it's like, to some degree, to go through times and to try to keep your head on straight, to kind of try to keep a smile on your face. And everything you're trying, it just does not seem like it's working. But dear Christian, dear friend, it may not seem like it's working, but every day that you walk closer to God and you're drawing nearer to God is a successful day. We have to take it one day at a time, and we have to trust the process. We have to trust that God is with us. He's going to help us get through it. It may not seem that it's working. It may not seem that it's beneficial. But it's making us better. It's making us stronger. It's making us more dependent on God. And so let's remember what Solomon said. Let's remember that when, when nothing seems to be working, and we're trying to weather the storm, that we need to make sure that our mind is clear on one thing, our purpose, fear God and keep His commandments. Go through this trial knowing that it can make you better and stronger and more dependent on God. And if it doesn't feel like it's not working, remember that actually it is. 
I hope and pray that this episode will help you, that it will help you to see clearly, that it will help to serve as a reminder of when difficult times do come, let's not turn to the world. Let's not turn to worldly wisdom. Let's turn to God and His wisdom and know that He is working and He is willing and able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, Ephesians 3.20. I thank you so much for listening, and I hope and pray that this will help you to weather the storm when nothing seems to be working. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.